This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, welcome back along to the Betting Weekly English Premier League edition podcast right here on the Bet Rivers Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I'm delighted to say that alongside me to look forward to another round of Premier League action. First up, Jack Wright. Uh, Jack, how are you? Uh, Good to see you again. And you, mate. And you, yeah. Sun's out here in the UK. Another beautiful day. So very nice indeed. Managed to get my first barbecue of the the year in at the weekend. So very nice indeed. Draw a curtain over the English Football League, as far as my lot concerned anyway. And uh, and another decent week for us to keep our, our decent run of form going towards the end of the season for the show. So yeah, absolutely fantastic. Your first barbecue, was it gas or charcoal? I've got to ask. I have to ask. Charcoal. Good man, good man, good man. Uh, also joining us, uh, Nigel Seeley, uh, looking very, very sharp this morning. Nigel, you look like you've really made an effort for today's episode. Well, you know me. Um, up and nice and early, set the alarm clock, lots of research. You know, just uh, put a good shirt on for you. I don't want to make a late run for the best dressed man. That's that's of the award ceremony. But uh, mm. ticket sales for the award ceremony uptake from the contributors has been very low. So um, you know, we have to we have to scrap the the award ceremony. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm making a late effort. So that's the reason why I'm here. And obviously, uh, I'm, I'm going out for lunch actually as well after this. I want to look quite snazzy. Very nice. Very nice. Mm. Well, uh, let's dive in then to uh, this weekend's Premier League action. As I mentioned, lots and lots of games going on. Uh, lots of jeopardy still in the Premier League as well, which is uh, obviously keeping it very, very interesting. Um, Jack, let's begin with you. Um, you've got four picks this time around. So Jack's gone big uh, on this weekend. <laughs> uh, we're covering a number of games, but let's start off with the game between Manchester United and Wolves. Um, Manchester United haven't quite secured Champions League football just yet. And after a couple of bad results, shall we say, there is a, a, a talk or a concern maybe that Liverpool could potentially catch them. Do you, do you buy into that? And how do you think their game this weekend will go? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it looked a couple of weeks ago that they were nailed on for that top four spot, possibly third, um, definitely fourth. But a combination of a, a little wobble from from Man United and, and red hot form from Liverpool has seen that gap shrink, and it's just now a point, isn't it? We're, uh, albeit Man United have a game in hand, so um, they'll be get, glad to get back to home. I must admit, when these fixtures you know were, were laid out, I did look at them and, and was going to side with Man United to win here, and thinking to get them on side, I'd probably have to go with a Man United to win to nil situation. Um, and then with the prices come out, it, it actually showed that we could we could play. I bet here that we didn't even need to get the Man United winning part of it on side. So I'm happy to do that, given that they have had a little bit of a wobble in uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I'm taking both teams to score no as the selection here at minus 127. So um, I was surprised to see a, a backable price. Um, these Both these two sides seem to be a little bit at the moment, a little bit kind of Jekyll and Hyde as far as the home and away form is concerned. So 
mentioned those two defeats for Man United. Both of those were away from home. Both only 1-0. Uh, so obviously not getting smashed. And you could potentially say as well, there's mitigating circumstances in both of them. A very late, late penalty from Brighton uh, for the first defeat. Uh, 97th minute, I think it was recorded as in the end. And then obviously David De Gea having a right howler uh, last weekend uh, for the 1-0 defeat at West Ham. And that I think would have probably been the one that rang alarm bells a little bit. United tend to be very strong against those sides um, at the, in the lower half of the table. And so to go to West Ham and, and get beaten there again. Uh, so it would have been a bit of a concern. But bizarrely, this is, well, incredibly, this is the first uh, week of prep that Man United have had without a, a midweek game since August, which is an incredible situation to have been in. I couldn't believe it was actually that long until I saw it. So it, that's probably come at the right time. Um, Ten Hag gave them a couple of days off rather than hauling them in for more training. So he's looking, obviously, to go down the route of, sort of more of a refresh and a reset than anything else. And they'll obviously be very, very glad to be back at Old Trafford where they've made a complete fortress this season. Lost to Brighton on the first game of the season, but undefeated in the league since then. And they're now undefeated in 26 uh, across all competitions and won 22 of them. So um, really strong there. Hence why we would expect United to win this one. Um, they've te- kept 10 clean sheets, though, in the 16 league games so far. So again, you'd expect them to keep this Wolves side out. Um, United have actually kept a clean sheet in each of the five last five home games as well. So... Um, Wolves are safe now as well. So, you again, we'll, we'll see what kind of Wolves side we get in, in this one. Uh, I think it's been a great job by Lepetegu to, to have got them safe with a little bit of room to spare as well. Not many sides are bottom at Christmas and survive, let alone do it with a little bit of wiggle room as well. So that's fair play. But most of that's been built on home form. Seven wins from nine at home. Um, but seven clean sheets in those nine, um, nine games as well. So it shows you, as we know very well, that Wolves can be stubborn opponents on their day. So it's nice to be able to have this bet with a couple of other scores on the side, like a, a sneaky 1-0 Wolves win or a 0-0 draw um, as well. So they're not so great away from home. Lost four of the last five away. Only two wins in 17 all season in the league away from home. And only scored 12, which is key, obviously, towards this bet. Failed to score in seven O's as well. Um, including last time out, of course. And if we get a repeat of that performance where they got whipped 6-0 by Brighton, then um, anything could happen here, really, to be fair. But this history um, in this game does point towards this bet landing. Seven of the last eight meetings between the two sides across all venues, across all competitions, has seen both teams to score no land. And uh, it's landed in all last four between these two at Old Trafford. And just to, to add to that as well, Wolves have scored just 30 goals in 35 Premier League games this season. So they're the lowest scorers in the division, uh, which also right. supports the play, doesn't it? It does um, indeed. Thank you very much. There you go. Uh, Nigel, let's uh, let's come over to you. Um, Leeds taking on Newcastle. This is the early game on Saturday. Uh, this is a big one down at the bottom and again in the race for the top four. Yeah, huge at the top and the bottom of the table. <clears throat> Um, obviously, last week we saw some really fluke, freaky results, didn't we? Um, and I think we're in the sort of funny season of the Premier League at the moment. Uh, goals are on the up, as we said, for the last couple of weeks. The trend is obviously for overs and over betters should be able to profit. Obviously, Jack's giving you a bet there. Where, contrary to that, in general, you would be thinking that over players, betters will be getting the money in the next few weeks, the final few weeks of the Premier League season. You obviously saw last week uh, at the bottom... Some cl- clubs raising their levels, as we said, with Everton. I mean, uh, Everton, it wasn't an official pick here, but we we highlighted it, or I, I highlighted it, that, that at plus $8, they were just a crazy price. 
given their circumstance at the bottom of the table against the Brighton side, who also had pressure. They were going for a Champions League or European place, so they were under pressure as well. <clears throat> and we find ourselves in a very, very similar position here with a Leeds side at home up against a Newcastle side who have overachieved this season, have done brilliantly this season, exactly similar to what Brighton did last week. Leeds have underachieved, Newcastle have overachieved. Um, Leeds to win this at home are almost $5 with um, Bet Rivers, which, again, I believe is a, is a big a very big price. Obviously, sorry, they're plus 360. I thought it was $4. That's my mistake there. But um, obviously, that um, Leeds have, have had a terrible season. And, and there's nothing, again, apart from their, their defence is absolutely shocking. Um, there's problems off the pitch as well as on the pitch. They've sat the director of football. Um, there's calling for the club. There's a takeover bid in, in place as well, but it hinges on the on the Premier League. But the one thing Ellen Road is, is a very, very difficult place to go and play football. I understand that Crystal Palace went there and won 5-1. I know that Liverpool went there and won 6-1. But in that Crystal Palace match, in the first half, Leeds could have been 3-0 up if they had their chances and they quietened the crowd down. If Leeds take the, took, their, took their chances, the game would be very, very different. <clears throat> their XG is always good Leeds, but they concede so many goals. Uh, Leeds, last 12 matches they've conceded in every single game, right? Which is terrible, which is relegation form. You, you, you can't concede every single game. But the encouraging thing for them is they've scored in their last 10. If, if Patrick Bamford put away half the opportunities he had, they'd probably be in mid-table rather than the, in the bottom three. But this is the biggest game for Leeds this season, without question. Defeat here, and I think it's over for them. But a win here with a, a trip to West Ham and the last out of season against um, Tottenham. West Ham could be playing in the, in the European Cup final, uh, obviously, in, in that with nothing to play for as well. That could work out for them. And the last game of the season against Tottenham at home, if they need a win, I think they'll get the win against the Tottenham side again, who've got very little to play for. So this is massive for Leeds, absolutely massive. Uh, Sam Allardyce has been brought in, mission impossible. He'll thrive the opportunity. The one thing Sam Allardyce is very, very good at is getting some morale into the side, getting everyone motivated. And it's his first home match in charge at Leeds, and I expect a performance. With regards to Newcastle, uh, I didn't think they played very well against Arsenal. I thought Arsenal were brilliant, but Newcastle didn't play very well. And they looked tired to me. It's been a long season. They got to the final of the Carabao Cup. I think even if they got a draw here, or even they, if they even if they lost this game, I think they're going to be in the Champions League. I, I think Liverpool have probably left it a little bit too late. I think the top four will remain the top four, and you can see that in their levels of play dropping, uh, especially against the Arsenal match. So I think this is not a foregone conclusion as many people expect. Obviously, Sam Allardyce was a former manager at uh, at Newcastle, felt very hardly done by. He went into a, uh, into a job and uh, he got called in, thought he was going to get a year contract, and was told he's been replaced by Kevin Keegan. Uh, he's been very vocal about it in the past, so he'd love to do a number on here. And if Leeds need their fans behind them, I think they'll get their fans behind them here. I don't believe this will be a, a one-sided result. I think Leeds could get a draw. I think Leeds could possibly win it. So for me, I'm going to bet Leeds plus one on the Asian handicap at minus 130. I think that's too big. I can't see Leeds. I think Sam Adelaide got a good number out of Leeds last week against Man City. They only lost 2-1. Uh, they were 2-0 down. Obviously, it was a good time to play Man City with the game against Real Madrid and he took some players off to rest them for the second half and Jack Cash with his bet because they come out of the traps early when they put the game to bed. He read it perfectly. But I think this here is... Um, I think this could potentially be another another surprise here. I think it's do or die for Leeds. Newcastle fading out, pretty much job done, secured in the Champions League. They can't really get high. They're not going to get high in third. They probably need one more win to guarantee that Champions League football and I think that will come in their fixtures to, to come. And I think Leeds here know this is it for them. And I fully expect this to be a fired-up Ellen Road 
100% behind the team, 100% behind the manager. And I think Leeds can get something. So, But I'm going to stay safe. Leeds plus one, Asian handicap minus 130. Get your money back if Newcastle only win by one goal. Only way we lose is if Newcastle win by two or more. Nice one. Sounds good. And that is going to be, of course, a fascinating game. Remember, that's the early game on Saturday. So if you want to get your play on, uh, make sure you're doing that one nice and early. Uh, Jack, let's come back to you. Aston Villa taking on Tottenham. Um, Aston Villa have improved dramatically under Unai Emery. Uh, a couple of disappointing results in recent weeks, but they're still on an upward trajectory. You feel Tottenham Hotspur in a bit of a mess and just hoping to get to the end of the season now. Seems that way, doesn't it? And um, yeah, this is another side that's lost their last two that I'm going to be siding with. Um, Back-to-back 1-0 defeats as well. So it's a common theme to the the last game we were then talking about. Um, Both away from home as well. So as always, we have a phrase here, don't we, about London buses turning up and obviously... uh, Villa had scored in 22 successive games, all the games under Unai Emery, and then failed to score against Man United in that 1-0 defeat, and then followed up by failing to score against Wolves in a 1-0 defeat. But both of those were away from, as I said, and also against sides that we've already talked about just a moment ago that are solid defensively, especially when they're playing at home. So not a massive disgrace, certainly, there to to go and, and not break those sides down and come away with nothing. So... Those sides can defend. That's something that you certainly can't say about Tottenham. Um, although they did keep a clean sheet, of course, last time out against Crystal Palace in a, in a, in a win as their first clean sheet in 10 games in the league. Um, and I think they might be a little bit fortunate with that. Ezer and uh, Zaha both missed chances for Palace when it was nil-nil, which could have made that a very interesting game, a, a different game. And obviously Harry Kane come along and done what he does and, and rescued Spurs and got the three points. But prior to that, they'd shipped 15 goals in their, their last four games. Um, and again, we've talked about home form and away form being a little bit different. Villa's home form has been rock solid, especially under Emery. They'll be glad to get back there with their fans absolutely roaring them on as they do. Another big old-fashioned English football ground uh, with a big support behind them, a bit like Ellen Road, like we then talked about. And um, Emery's described this as their cup final, and you can see why. Um, they're still only three points behind Spurs. They've played the same amount of games. Spurs have got a little um, marginally better goal difference. So this is a must-win if they want to keep those kind of European qualification dreams alive. Um, and um, I- I'm taking them to do it. Uh, plus money, plus 133. Uh, I wanted to get them on side. They won their last five in succession at Villa Park and kept clean sheets in all five of those wins as well. So sometimes you can kind of forget about that if a, a couple of bad results go and you look and say, oh, they lost the last couple. But I so say at home, before that, really, really solid. And if they can come anywhere close to that performance where they beat Newcastle 3-0 a couple of home games ago, then they'll blow this Newcastle, um, this Tottenham side apart, which we've seen before. Very brittle defence. They concede one early on, then they'll collapse. We saw it in the last couple of games as well. Spurs aren't a strong side away from home at all. They're in a terrible run of form. No win in six in the league away from home. They picked up two points across those games as well. Both those were against relegation sides, Southampton, Everton were both in the bottom three. Southampton actually rock bottom at that point of time as well. Um, and throw in the fact that they then, in that period of time, lost to Sheffield United in the FA Cup away from home. I think a turning point for me in the league or in the in the in the season 
where they had an opportunity to go and progress in and potentially win a trophy uh, and and lost to a, a side in a, a lower tier and obviously lost to AC Milan in the Champions League as well in that time. So six defeats in the last eight away games in all competitions and conceded 21 goals. And I think when you look in the dugout here as well, the final factor in this, you've got Ryan Mason, who's a, a coach that's been thrust forward to kind of get... Tottenham over the line before the end of the season up against one of the best coaches for, for my money in European football. Um, I think on the training ground, in the dugout and on the pitch, uh, Villa got this one covered. And if they perform as they should do, plus 133 looks a big price for me and one I want to get on side with. So that's my pick. Nice one. Thank you very much, Jack. Uh, let's turn our attention to the Premier League title race. Manchester City leading it. At the moment, they travel to Everton uh, this weekend. Arsenal face Brighton at Emirates Stadium. Uh, but of course, the Manchester City trip to Everton is first up. That game is just before Arsenal play Brighton. Um, so there'll be eyes on that one, not just from Manchester, not just from Merseyside, but from North London as well. Um, Nigel, how do you see this one going, Everton versus Man City? I'll give Everton a chance here. I think they've got a good chance. I mean, if you asked me to price this match up last week, but I think everything's fallen. It would be very different to where we are now, but I think everything's fallen into uh, to Everton's lap and also to to Arsenal's lap in the, in the title race. I think we might want to look to oppose Manchester City in some kind of capacity in this match. I'm not saying Man City won't win it, but the way the Champions League tie set up, 1-1 uh, in the first leg in the Bernabeu, they come back to the Etihad. It's all to play for. Man City aren't coming back with a two or three goal lead here. So... Um, I think team selection is going to be crucial for Pep Guardiola. Uh, we can never second guess the side he puts out week in and week out against sort of in the start of the season. But with a Champions League semi final on Wednesday, huge, huge match. And in this match on the Saturday, is he going to risk Haaland? I'm not so sure. Is, is he going to risk De Bruyne? I doubt it very much. I think Grealish will certainly be rested. You know, he was kicked from pillar to post in the Bernabeu. And I think he needs a little bit of rest. Um, so it's, team selection is going to be crucial here, and I think Everton, uh, the way they play, they, they sort of hit them on the break. They, they must, they're, they're very strong. They look very, very different with Calvert Lewin in the starting lineup, but, and um, I think morale must be sky high. I think Dice will implement exactly the same tactics he did against Brighton. Soak up as much possession as you can. So you're going to have you're going to, so all the pressure you can. They're going to have all the possession, then hit them on the counter, which isn't ideal at home. But Ever, Everton, you know, at home can get them over the line. It did, we saw it last year that Goodison Park was rocking. Uh, flares were going off because they, they they beat Southampton at home to secure the Premier League status. So, you know, there there is that passion behind them. Obviously, it's been a tough season and obviously there's so many things behind the scenes, but they can get behind them. And I think they're a side that have given Man City problems already this season. They, they drew at the, uh, at the Etihad. Well, only one of the few teams to take the points off Man City at home. And uh, I think they've got a chance here again. Man City are unbeaten in 21 matches now in all competitions. Uh, and that's a problem for them. They scored in every single one of those. So you would expect them to score here. And bearing that in mind, um, I'm not going to go for, for Everton again. I mean, I was with Everton last week, but I'm, I'm not going to go for it again. But the bet I will have here is Everton plus one and a half on the Asian handicap and minus 113. I don't think that Man City have any intention to go there and win three or four nil. There's no need for them to go three. They can, obviously they can, but just three points will do for them. Uh, one nil, get everyone fit. And it's a very similar tactic to what Jack did last week when Jack said, we'll go out the traps early, get with Man City. They go two nil up, they get the job done. Half time, they take everyone off and they're pegged back to a two one defeat. Um, uh, so two one win with, uh, with um, Leeds scoring in the second half. And I think that's the logic here. I think that Man City will probably win it, 
Like, there's no reason to put them, get go up to top gear and go through here. Uh, just get the job done, get everyone fit, and bring on Real Madrid on Wednesday. So I'm going to go for Everton here, plus one and a half at minus 113. But if I was an Arsenal fan or an Arsenal bet on the title race, I'd be thinking to myself, we may, we may have a chance of a shot result here, but I can't pull the trigger on the shot result. But I do think <laughs> Everton plus one and a half is the way to play. I'm protecting my emotions, so I'm not going to say anything on that. Uh, but Jack, uh, Arsenal do take on Brighton. This game is immediately after the uh, the Manchester City trip to Everton. I mean, what I can tell you is that if Manchester City were to drop points here, the atmosphere at the Emirates Stadium would be electric. Um, how do you see this one going? A game between two sides that have probably been punching above their weight this season. I th- I'd say this is probably the game of the, the weekend for the neutral. Uh, it certainly looks... Uh, eye-catching uh, on, on paper um, with goals galore. And that's the angle I'm taking into this one. Um, over two and a half goals, both teams to score is my pick here at minus 118. Um, and I think you've got to say fair play to Arsenal. They have responded really well to that Manchester City defeat. Did wonder how they'd react to it, the nature of it. And also, you know, it was a look, potentially to be a bit of a killer blow as far as the the title was concerned but you know were they just going to kind of crumble and limp over the line and, and leave Man City to run away no they 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 bounced back well yeah we probably expect them to beat Chelsea in their next home game but they did and they did it in decent style but that win last weekend was a, was a, was an eye-catching one we'd all marked that Newcastle away was going to be a tough one and possibly be the end of the title race if a Newcastle win was the result of it they didn't. They, they weathered a bit of an early storm. Um, I think they showed resilience. They showed what Arsenal have been about all season, to be honest. I think they they did um, get a little bit of luck. You know, the, the woodwork hit, um, the overturned VR penalty decision as well. Um, but ultimately went down the other end, scored a goal, played really well, created plenty of chances and ended up coming away with two, two new winners. And uh, I think that's a huge result and a huge confidence boost to say, look, we are going to at least go the distance here. We're going to make Man City win it if they are to win it. If not, we're going to be there if they do slip up. And as we've already talked about, a a big moment in the title race here with Man City going to a tricky tie ahead of this one. And as you rightly say, if if City do drop points at Everton, the Emirates will be absolutely bouncing. Um, But even so, even if Man City do win, we know that Arsenal are going to have to win this game as well to keep, you know, keep, keep in the hunt. Um, I think the the home record makes this the 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 bet even stronger for me when you look at it um with both teams score in 14 of 17 games at the Emirates this season that's the most of any venue in the Premier League this campaign 82% of games have seen both teams hit the back of the net and sometimes you see that and you know to then combine it with over two and a half goals might be a little bit of a risk. But when you realise that over two and a half goals and both teams to score has landed in 13 of those 17 fixtures, that's 76%. That's a huge amount. Um, all of the last five have, have landed this bet. Six of the last seven as well. The only one was actually against Everton, um, but it was a 4-0 win. So the, the over two and a half landed comfortably in that one. It was just the both teams to score. And I think that we can safely say that Brighton have got more going forward, especially as they did have at that point of time, than Everton. Um, and Brighton has seen both teams to score land in the most away games this season. 13 of 16, 81% of their games as well. So um, we know what we're getting with Deserby and... He's not going to go about this any other way. He's front foot. Both sides will go looking for attack. They'll both look to get the ball, pass it, and and score goals. 
Um, both teams of scores landed in the last 10 of the last 11 away games for Brighton. Over two and a half goals and both teams of scores landed in nine of the last 11 Brighton away games. So it's all set up perfectly for this bet to land. Under De Zerbe, 92 goals in his 27 league games in charge. It's a phenomenal record. It's absolutely crazy. 52 goals scored, 40 goals conceded. That's an average of 3.41 goals per game away from home. It's even higher. 48 in total at 3.69. That's incredible. And also, these sides have met twice already this season, of course. The, it was 4-2 to Arsenal in the reverse at the Amex and 3-1 here to Brighton in the League Cup. So, um, we can expect much the same. Last season ended 2-1 to Brighton, didn't it? So, um, it all points towards more of the same and uh, we could see any kind of scoreline here. But one, I'm certainly looking forward to watching and cheering on the goals. Over two and a half goals, both seem to score. Minus one one eight. Brilliant stuff. It should be a cracker indeed. Uh, let's turn our attention to Monday then. Um, <laughs> Liverpool looking to be at least in the hunt if Manchester City or uh, Manchester United, I beg your pardon, or Newcastle United drop points. They take on a Leicester side, though, uh, Nigel, that are desperate for points. Um, you've gone for a specific player here. Uh, a player has tickled your fancy on this one. Talk to us about your pick. Yeah, I think if you're betting this match, obviously <clears throat> the price on Liverpool or, could be, or Leicester could be very different given the price, what's going to happen at the weekend. So if you look at the money line, I think keep your money in your pocket until closer to kickoff time to see what happens on the other matches. Uh, because obviously if Newcastle get beat and uh, Manchester United get beat, which is quite, quite conceivable, then Liverpool, will be, I'm sure convinced, will be, be heavily supported here in the betting. So just um, just keep an eye on what's going on there before you place any money on that. But one thing that's consistent here is, is my pick on this. I think that um, it's the prop on um, Mo Salah to score any time. Um, I think currently he's in better goal-scoring form than, than Haaland. Uh, he scored in seven of the last seven Liverpool matches. He's obviously on penalties. He scored um, 10 in the last 12 Liverpool matches. He had a terrible start to the season. Um, when we come back from the World Cup, he, he didn't play well at all, which was, I, I, said, I said last week, it was surprising because he didn't go to the World Cup. So you would have thought he'd be rested and firing on all cylinders. But I, I think there's obviously the motivation, but I think he potentially wants to leave Anfield. And you can see why he's performing. You know, he's always had his heart set on a move to uh, to Real Madrid, and potentially there could be a move in the summer. Salah could leave Anfield, and I could see him playing a lot better uh, with that in mind. Also, obviously, his confidence—he's a very big confidence player, and his confidence is back up because he's scoring goals. He takes penalties; he's prolific on penalties as well. Uh, to put this into some kind of context, I mean, Leicester—we all know at the moment—are probably the, the worst defense in the Premier League. Last week, they conceded five against uh, an, an unmotivated, really, Fulham without three of their top, two of their, two of their top scores didn't play. You know, obviously, Mitrovic didn't play as well. So they're a side that conceded five against a Fulham side that didn't have their top goal, goal scorers. So that shows you the real problems they have here. They're, they've got it. They've gone at it to survive that we're going to go and score three and you're going to, we, we're going to hope that you only concede two. We only concede two. I don't think they have any faith in their, their, their defence. They've had no faith in their goalkeepers this season. I think the big blow for Leicester this season has been the fact that Kasper Schmeichel moved away. I said it at the very early part of the season. Schmeichel, the, the, the goal who came in Ward was terrible, you know, absolutely terrible at the early part of the season. Threw in, was fought for a huge amount of goals. Iverson, the new goalkeeper, I don't really rate him so much either. So I think their goalkeeping is a big, big problem. So a, a dodgy goalkeeper, a very confident Mo Salah, makes Mo Salah here uh, a bet for me. Now, if I, if I put it into concept, I mean, you're looking at Haaland going into matches like this. If Haaland was going to this Leicester side, 
or Harry Kane was going to this Leicester side. I think Haaland would probably be about minus 180 to score any time, and Harry Kane would probably be around about minus 125, minus 130. You can get plus money for Salah, um, which I think is a bit disrespectful for him. Um, if he scores in this match, he goes uh, equal with Ivan Tony as the third top goal scorer in the Premier League behind Haaland and behind Harry Kane, where he should be really in the pecking order of strikers. I think Salah is the number th- number three in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, I, I just think it's a, such a value. It cashed for me last week at plus 100. You see players going on runs towards the end of the season because they want to sort of get notice for potential moves. I think Salah is on the form of the season so far, which is surprising with only four matches to go. And I think he's playing a Leicester side that just can't can't stop conceding goals. I think, you know, conceded in 12, their last 12 matches, uh, Leicester. And uh, that is a big problem for me. So, um, yeah, I think, so the last time, sorry, the last 16 matches, I was looking at the Leeds there, the last 16 matches they've conceded Leicester. And the last time they failed to not concede was in the FA Cup against Walsall in January. So that shows you where how they're defensively are. They've conceded 12 goals in the last five matches, five against Fulham, most LR, plus 100s to add to their defensive frailties and score any time for Liverpool uh, at the King Power. Jack, you've also got a play in this match, a same game parlay. Uh, talk to us about your thoughts for this one. Yeah, it's the same same game parlay as I played in, in the last fixture there. Um, over two and a half goals and both teams to score for much of the reasons that, that Nigel's talked about there, to be fair. And um, talking about Mo Salah, I think that he's been, if you ask most people, they'd say that he's had a poor season, but he got his 30th goal of the season, didn't he, last weekend? And you think that's a still a great season, although he's obviously set the bar very, very, very high. Um, say 19 league goals as well. So it's not um, it's, it's not shabby numbers we're talking about there at all. But And he should be licking his lips, I'd imagine, against this Leicester defence. Like we talked about, certainly been uh, very entertaining under Dean Smith. That's one thing you can say. Five games in charge now, 21 goals we've seen across those games. Um, he scored in all of them. Uh, they scored nine goals in total uh, in each of those five games. They scored at least one. Um, over two and a half goals and both teams to scores landed in four of those five and somehow didn't against Leeds as being the only one that, that didn't. Um, an average of 4.2 goals per game. So that sort of says it all as far as where Leicester's at. Nigel's bang on the money. I had, was going to say exactly the same thing that um, Leicester's only way of getting something out of this game is to outscore Liverpool. They're not going to keep Liverpool out. Um, they're just going to have to score more goals than them. And when you look, they've got Newcastle next and then end up with West Ham. They can't put all their eggs in that West Ham basket because they're two points uh, from safety at this moment in time. They're now in the bottom three and say two points uh, away from safety. If they don't pick up any points against Liverpool or Newcastle, that gap will be more than three points guaranteed come um, the last game against West Ham when it'll be too late. So they are going to have to go front foot. We do know that they can score goals. They showed a little bit of resilience, to be fair. That defeat against Fulham was crazy. Three down at half-time four down soon after. So not even a immediate second half comeback, but you know, a couple of goals from Harvey Barnes. So that'd be good to see him back on the score sheet, linking up well with Madison. Um, Vardy still looking sharp. He obviously missed the penalty, which will be, you know, they've now missed two penalties, which uh, you can't do in, in any situation, but certainly not in a relegation scrap. Um, Madison scored one to sort of redeem to a certain extent, the fact that he missed one recently as well. So, um, you know, They've got those forward players that will cause problems. They're very mobile. They're very um, technical in forward areas, which could should cause problems against that kind of big um, Liverpool defence. Um, Smith 
said that he was worried, having seen that performance, rightly so. Obviously, stating the obvious there, to be fair. Cancelled the day off. So, uh, unlike uh, Eric Ten Hag, he, he called him in uh, for extra training. Um, they need to do something. Madison's called him out for not being hungry enough, not being aggressive enough. So, they look for a response here. Back on home soil. Um, and, again, Nigel said, not keeping clean sheets. That's where the problems lie. Six clean sheets all season. Uh, none since the World Cup. We've mentioned it before, the only side in Europe's top five divisions not to have kept a clean sheet since the World Cup. But only eight teams have scored more than their 49 in the league this season. So it says that all you need to know about as far as where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are. Um, we've talked about Salah for Liverpool. They've put the pressure on Man United. They've won six on the spin now. So they'll be all guns blazing for this. They've got Trent Alexander-Arnold loving life in that kind of hybrid role where he can focus more on his creativity and less on his defensive Areas and they've now got um, a, a real fearsome front area, fit and firing. Gakpo, Nunez, Jota, Diaz as well. So all looking good. This bet's landed in three of their last four away from home. Um, they've been a bit tighter at Anfield, but away from home it tends to be a bit more goal crazy. So three of the last four away games, this bet's landed, and it landed in the reverse at Anfield at Christmas. So yeah, expecting more goals in this one um, for a bit of Monday night football. That should be fun to watch. Over two and a half goals, both seem to score. Minus 121. Brilliant stuff. Uh, that's uh, six games covered for you guys then uh, this week. Uh, let's uh, quickly recap on the guys' bets. So Jack has gone. Uh, both teams to score no in the game between Manchester United and Wolves. It's at minus 127. He's gone for Aston Villa to beat Tottenham in their clash at plus 133. He's gone for a same game parlay in Arsenal versus Brighton over two and a half goals and both teams to score. That's at minus 118. In Leicester City versus Liverpool, he's gone for over two and a half goals and both teams to score as well. And that's at minus 121 in that fixture. Remember, that one is on Monday night. As for Nigel, he's got a selection in the early game between Leeds and Newcastle United. He's gone for Leeds plus one on the Asian handicap. And that's at minus 130. He's gone for Everton plus one and a half on the Asian handicap. They take on Manchester City at Goodison Park on Sunday afternoon. That's at minus 113. And in that Leicester City versus Liverpool game, he's gone for Mo Salah to score any time at plus 100. So those are the guys' picks uh, going into this weekend of EPL action. Uh, any other business from anybody before we say our goodbyes? No, that's it, mate. Just uh, Obviously, there's a, a, a Europa League, actually, if this goes uh, out on time. They've got a show tonight with uh, RJ and Daniela Fischer-Keller, obviously the, there's the podcast as well on the betting weekly extra time on La Liga, Liga and obviously Serie A as well. And the tennis content, Sean Calvert is in Rome at the moment covering the Italian Open, living the dream out there. And uh, he is, um, he's he's on fire. He's betting winners galore. Two to one winner yesterday as well. So check out the, the Game Bet Match podcast as well. There you go. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you're across uh, the Bet Rivers Network for a load of fantastic content covering a variety of sports. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, you can find the podcast on any major podcast store as well. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave comments, leave reviews, all of the usual stuff. And make sure you follow the guys on their joint handle at Because We Win. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Until then, take care of yourselves and uh, keep cashing those tickets. Until next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 